0: It's
1: This Oh, whoa. It's Ash Steele.
0: It's Ash Steele. We're not in lockdown. And look at us.
1: Sitting Things next so to you. The- adjust
2: out. Out. Us, next so to you are just too close. Too close for comfort. I can't deal with it.
1: I think technically not supposed to be sitting this close still. I mean, I guess we should be social distancing. Should we introduce Ash Steele?
0: <laughs> well, maybe, yeah, we should introduce Ash Steele. I guess we're here recording Apocalypse Live over Zoom. Over today Zoom again.
1: Because yep. we're
0: sort of receiving a dispatch from the alternative world of Melbourne that's in lockdown. And so on the other side of our computer screen, we have Ash Steele. Woohoo, our good friend, who used to live up here in Alice Springs and now is is feeling the strangeness of having the universe flipped on its on its head and experiencing lockdown in Melbourne. But welcome Ash.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Wish wish I was there with you too yeah, and the rest yeah. Of Alice springs.
1: <laughs> i can see these little what we can see in your zoom window is these little hints yeah. of bell springs like your cushion <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> which is like
2: embroidered is that from tongue and jira i actually don't know where this one is from but i think what you can see over here what is a tongue and jira thing? artist painting, yeah. gracie gracie robinia so out. i'm just like holding on for Dear life to any remnants of the territory that I can.
1: How long have you been down in Melbourne for
2: now? So it's been about a year. Wow. So, in yeah, so it was an interesting one because I think I got about six months in before the big threat of coronavirus happened. So I had a taste of the city life. I went to the gigs, I played the gigs, Mm -hmm, met, met the cute boys, ate the food, whatever you're supposed to do. And then, yeah, a big chunk of my time in Melbourne has been in my bedroom. (laughs) It's been a bit of a comedy of errors in terms of my housing situation during this pandemic, but I was (laughs) living in a share house and then I made a a big pandemic error, which was try to move states during the lockdown. So I had this bright idea in between the two lockdowns that we had in Melbourne that it made sense in my life at the time to move to New South Wales, um, which is where I'm originally from. My yep. sister's about to have a third baby, there's not so much virusy stuff, and anyway, a series of different reasons, and I thought, all right, I'll move to New South Wales, let's do this. I put all the wheels in motion to make that happen and rented out my room, and then it seemed like, yeah, New South Wales didn't want to have me. They put a big hard no at the border to pretty what? much everyone trying to get out of Victoria. Um, so I've spent a lot of hours on the phone to service New South Wales and my sister was madly on the phone to people as well, trying to work out how to get me across the border. But, um, it seems like a lot of, you know, people living in Victoria who grew up in New South Wales suddenly want to move back and they're like, that's a, that's a hard no. So yeah. And this all happened like as well when the second lockdown, we went into a state of emergency and, um, got slapped with some stage four restrictions Mm. i don't know it's all a bit hard to work out the timeline but then anyway when all that came in place everything just really stopped so long story short i am now staying with friends made a bit of an error trying to move around too much during a during a pandemic it's
0: such a terribly poignant example of how just almost fruitless the whole concept of forward planning has been <laughs> oh, yeah. just yeah. even you know so true making a plan for something that will happen so next month that just falls flat on its face i feel like forward planning has become this entirely abstracted thought during this pandemic yeah and especially yeah, yeah and this second wave has just like really knocked around mm. that sense
2: yeah Absolutely, and you know we never really had much control over the future. But I miss the days when we sort of thought we did, and we yeah, sort yeah, thought we yeah. could put some plans in place. Yeah, I mean, yeah, were I'm confident that you'd
1: buy a plane ticket and that you would get on the plane, like that. That would yeah. happen. We're
0: just so used to having choice. I think I was reflecting this ages ago. Say the panic buying and things like that. It's not like we were panic buying because we thought we might not have food. We were panic buying because we thought we might not have choice. we're like hoarding choice in our pantries anyway Um, but you know ash i was just remembering before that the last time i saw you in person was at the absolute beginning moment of the pandemic oh yes because you you just got this little window of coming into alice springs right as things were ramping up i'd just returned from a holiday as well and i remember sitting Mm. at the pub with you here in Alice Springs, and us just having that kind of conversation that everyone was having at that time, which was, this feels like it's getting quite serious. You know, mm. should should I yeah. be Should I be here? And all those ambiguous questions were becoming more solid. So it's kind of um... anyway. It's very nice to yeah. see you now over video. Having mm. had an entire
2: pandemic between last seeing you in person. <laughs> I know and I just I do remember that moment in that time when I was in Alice in March and when I left I really thought I would be saying goodbye to people for a long time or potentially you know some of the beautiful old people that I work with thinking that if the virus got out to the NT and got out to Mm -hmm. communities that these people you know like I could never see these people again and I think at that time in March there was so much fear and uncertainty and then to live with that and I sort of sat outside it a bit because I went back to Victoria but Mm -hmm. had so much fear for everyone in the NT and so even though you know like we joke now and I kind of hate you all for all your freedoms I'm (laughs) so glad the virus didn't didn't knock on the door or hasn't yet Mm -hmm. yeah and what is it like
1: and you can be brutally honest here what is the vibe like when you consider the way that people are living in other states that are not in stage four lockdown at the moment?
2: Mm. Personally, I curse the day that I ever decided to move out of Alice Springs and, you know, search for the good life in Melbourne. I'm like, why didn't I just stay? Um, No, but it's been a while now here. And so I think that I've gotten a bit more used to it. And it's so, you know, it's lovely to see the activities of people around the country that have a bit more freedom than we do. But On a bad day, it's like, oh, my God, please, I cannot see you all going camping. I really can't see you all at the pub anymore. I need to turn off Instagram. Like, this is just... But it is what it is.
1: I was um, talking to a friend earlier about because um, I keep, I was saying to Burjo before we started recording, like I keep remembering all these people that I know in Melbourne, obviously like I have family in Melbourne and I lived there for 10 years and I keep thinking mm-hmm. oh, this person and this person who I haven't checked in with and kind of messaging them out of the blue and being like, how are you going? And the general consensus seems to be that it's hard, but that there's a general vibe that people have been surprised at how well they are kind of like managing and this sense of, yeah, like... like adaptation? Yeah, or... and that things become kind of normal or things become normalised quite quickly. Mm. Have you sort of felt that as well? Or maybe not. Or maybe not, yeah.
2: Yeah, I guess so. I think I've been in a bit of a weird situation because I feel like I haven't just sort of settled into the lockdown so much. I try, I was trying to find escape routes and, you know, I was trying to move yeah. to New South Wales and I was trying to find loopholes, but in the moments when I can settle into it and just accept it, it's a lot easier than trying to to fight it and to find the loopholes. And I think one of the lucky things I've had, well, you know, just to state the obvious as well, like I've enjoyed like good health throughout all this. I have so much privilege in in that I got to keep my job and I have moved around a bit, but I've had like comfortable accommodation. So all those base level things I'm are taken care of. But I also think I've had the benefit of um living in share houses and so we've we've made the best of it socially as well we might not be able to access all our friends that we know and love or family but we've we've managed to kind of try to make some things a little bit fun um a few months ago i did like a pub crawl with my housemates at the time and we set up little pretend bars in each room and like (laughs) dressed it up with a soup and a drink and you know we've baked all the sourdough we can bake and you know you um, know, in the good times, very, very <laughs> unexpected silver lining from this pandemic, I have to say, it's it's, it's just kid truly kid. the hero. <laughs> there is just sourdough coming out of everyone's ears around here, and I think when you have your good days and you can keep level-headed, there are so many ways to keep occupied within the restrictions. But it's sometimes the fatigue of keeping keeping well and mm. knowing that week, week after week kind of is going to look the same. I think the working from home thing, you know, even though it's lucky I've still got my job, like to just work from my bedroom for six months straight. It's a bit like when you can't go out mm. other times as well is very monotonous. Tell us, Ash, then, what have you done today? Tell us about your Sunday. <laughs> well, I like Sundays because I, on a Sunday, I find a little friendship loophole in the rules of lockdown where I go for a walk with Tessie Reich, ex right. Alice Springs resident as well. And so we can leave for an hour a day to exercise. So we, Tessie and I put on masks, exercise gear, and we walk around a park and um, you can get this little friendship, you know, friendship moment as long as you keep moving. I did that today. That my, that's my standard Sunday so yeah. that's, yeah, Tessie's probably really the only person I try to try to meet up with, you know, because we have to stay in a five-kilometre radius, so there's oh, a website okay. you can look at and you can plug in, like, your 5K radius and someone else's 5K radius. Whoa. And we found this little tiny, little tiny sliver of overlap between our no. houses. And where, where, where and what
1: is that place? Is that a beautiful <laughs> park or is it a dingy urine-filled alley?
2: Like, <laughs> what... <laughs> Well, technically speaking, it's actually the overlap is a little dingy street in Brunswick West where my ex-boyfriend lives, but I decided to move the radius a little bit further to the left so we could get to a park.
0: (laughs) Very sensible.
2: Anyway, it's just these funny things that you never really thought you would um, have to do to try to catch up with a mate. Does Um, it give you
1: a sense of like... I'm wondering if having to go through all those preparations in order to see somebody, does it make you value the time with them more? Does it put a bit of pressure on the time to be like (laughs) really, really great friendship time? Or like, how does it change the nature of your interactions? Or is it just like, it would have been if you had just met up at Monty's or something?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. I think that I really look forward to it and I really cherish it. And I think that It's sort of, I think it must also take a special kind of friendship to be able to deal with those restrictions. Like I have a bunch of friends in Melbourne, but she's the only person that I actually meet up with to do the thing. Like you've got to have to really want to see someone to put up with Mm -hmm. wearing a mask Mm -hmm. for an hour, driving to a random location and walking at a 1.5 meter distance from someone. And like there's a few steps in place to make that happen, but it's definitely worth it. But funnily enough, I actually know people like my, my housemate who I was living with before who, would, who was doing that in a dating sense. Yes. Like, Tell us about this. Tell us
0: about love in the time of lockdown.
2: Oh, gosh. Well, I feel like I did it a bit the wrong way. But my ex-housemate um, did it the right way, which is getting on Tinder or Hinge or whatever and matching up with people. And then, you know, the new date, the new Victorian lockdown date is the walk um mm. so it's like yeah, get your mask on people have been taking like maybe wine in a keep cup and walking with these potential dates at a distance and yeah just trying to have a bit of like some sort of human connection mm-hmm. or I know I've known people as well who have been doing sort of fancy at home zoom dates so people might like cook a meal together or have a glass of wine on zoom and what uh, kind of
0: feedback are you getting yeah how do you get from those those mates who are experimenting in that world how are they finding it and and are they finding love or or connection a moment of of human humanity for just a minute I don't know
2: yeah I think maybe it's sort of about keeping the keeping the hope alive, like maybe it 's like laying the groundwork for when the lockdown ends, and yeah. you know for people who want to find love and partnership, they want to be like proactive and i 'm um, thinking of my housemate here and he he wants to be doing the work to um, set some things up for when we are released back into the wild mm-hmm. I like um, the idea
0: of keeping the hope alive, though, yeah. that,
2: as, you know, it may not lead to necessarily
0: fruitful things or it may, but as an act of hope, that's a really nice, nice mm. idea.
1: Yeah. Who would
0: have thought that Tinder could one day be framed as an act of hope? Oh, or Maybe, maybe it is it. framed as an act of hope. I'm not really yeah. sure. <laughs> it, yeah, um, absolutely.
2: I,
1: I just feel like it's so courageous to do something like that because going on dates is so... And I assume everybody feels this way. It's really terrifying to go and meet up with somebody who you don't know very well and to kind of like put yourself out there and you think, what am I going to talk about? What are we going to do? There's always kind of like, the idea of you can just get really drunk and that will probably make it easier and (laughs) night time and, you know, there's all these and there's all these things you can go and do. You can go to the movies or you can go to these places, but to go walking, just the two of you, even if there's a bit of wine in the keep cup, like that's that's really full on. That's a really intimidating prospect to Mm. me. And so massive kudos. And if you can do that during lockdown, then I just feel like you've absolutely got it made for when lockdown is lifted
2: yeah. It's dedication. That's really dedication to the dating. It's like really honing a fine art perhaps. Oh my god,
1: totally. (laughs) It's like like putting yourself in the most extreme version of like a Mm. a quite terrifying social situation I think. Yeah. Did you um, notice when you were doing your walks with Tessie, are other people doing that as well? Like is there kind of like these other couples that Mm. you're sort of strolling around with their masks and I'm just wondering yeah, absolutely. what the streets look like when you go out.
2: Well, I mean, suburbia, if you're in suburbia, it's pretty quiet um, where I'm living now, but in the kind of more populated areas, there are still quite a lot of people out and about. Yeah, finding that loophole, I think, in the exercise rule to have a little bit of social interaction. There's definitely a lot of twos walking around the park because you're only allowed to be in a, in a group of two. There can be no three friends catching up. Mm-hmm. Um so there's a lot of that definitely and I think I've seen more people than ever before in my life buying takeaway coffees because I think people are just like mm. they just need, need to get out there. And, well, um, my mum and
0: dad did bring up the other day over, over the phone and we were having a chat in there in Melbourne as well and they were telling me about their Sunday last weekend and they said, oh, we've just walked mm. up to the shops together and we got a takeaway coffee and we had our coffee in the park. And then they're like, oh, because, you know, because we're of a certain age... Elderly people are allowed to sit down on a park bench, so we oh, were I? able to sit down on a park bench and drink our coffees. And I thought, well, not have work and work. Here to be exercising. They're allowed to have a rest. Loopholes. They were, they Loopholes were feeling quite for happy elders. for their loophole and feeling, I think, for once, a little bit um,
2: well a little bit
0: chuffed at, yeah. their, at their seniors at their senior citizen cards. I
2: thought the <laughs> senior citizens needed to stay inside. That's what I heard. But. Well, I mean,
0: no. <laughs> We're, we're not even going to have that conversation now. <laughs>
2: um, well. Yeah.
0: This is a bit of a, like, change of pace. Sure. I'm changing the pace. <laughs> I was just thinking back on lockdown activities that you guys in Melbourne have become particularly well honed at. But I know that one mm. thing that you've been doing lots of in lockdown that I've noticed is playing music and finding different ways to share it. What has it been like to readapt the ways mm. you can share music I guess, particularly in live forums. And I've done, you know, lots of noticing the great stuff other people do, but also wondered what it's like to be sitting on the on the other side of that kind of imagining the mm. eyes and audiences there.
2: Yeah. It has been really lovely. Like when I, well, yeah, when the first lockdown started here, when things were kind of like, it's scary, but it's exciting and, like, we can try all these new ways to connect and, um, yeah, that's when I started to first do these Instagram live gigs, and it was fun because I think when I was um, when I was playing gigs in Melbourne, I was still trying to, you know, like I was a nobody. No one, no one came to my gigs other than my bestest friends. But I felt like once yeah. I once I stepped onto Instagram live platform, then anyone could tune in, and it wasn't about getting to the venue and like paying the door fee. So it really felt like it really opened up the potential for me to have some more visitors. Uh, Also another great feature of the Instagram live platform is the commenting. So as you play, people can write stuff and you can watch it back afterwards. So I'd sort of be playing and watching and then I'd watch it back as well. But I'd noticed that I think, my mum had the best time of all because my mum could jump on there and live comment (laughs) the entire gig. And she was having conversations with my friends. It was very cute. It's like like that conversation she would have been
0: having at like the back of the pub previously where she's standing next to one person and proudly (laughs) like telling them her things is now like broadcast to you and every single other person. That's very, very cute. Yeah.
2: And I'd watch back the comments and people would be fighting as to who was the biggest Ash Seal fan. And like Uh mum would try and say it's her, but then like Tessie would say it's her. And Uh it made me feel very popular for someone who usually has a handful of people turn up to a real life gig. I felt like a real celebrity on Instagram Live. Well, look, that's another Um, silver lining. Hey, we've talked a
0: little bit about some of the things that we've learned from the pandemic that would be good to continue on into real life mm. and how we might adapt mm. those. Now I'm kind of like imagining what it might be like to try and adapt some of the good things of an Instagram live gig to a real life gig. And I'm just kind of imagining everyone in the audience writing down their little <laughs> notes and kind of yes, like going up. up to the stage and just just handing you some <laughs> little notes that you can kind of have a read of and feel good and pop in your, I don't know, your guitar case next to you or whatever. Anyway. Yeah. But
2: I think another musical connection during this time that happened that I loved was um our Alice Springs pop choir going online ah, and yeah. so when, I was living, when I was living in Alice I was a big you know that was a massive part of my life and so I've you know it was a big sad thing of moving to Victoria and not being able to be in the choir anymore yeah. and trying some choirs in Melbourne that just were not cutting it for me yeah so when we all you know Ed and Ed and Co took the, the choir online I felt like connected again and I felt like I really looked forward to that every Sunday and well that has been
0: one of the I guess that's another one of those silver linings the way that these community events or gatherings or cultural things that we share usually really locally can now be shared and engaged with on on larger scales and larger levels and it's a really nice thing, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, hey Ash. I'm conscious that we're kind of getting yeah. towards the end of our time, and yes. I know that we did talk about maybe. Um, and you don't have to do this at all, but <laughs> wondering if maybe you would be like to play us a song. Um, well, and and if you would, that would be lovely. And if you, <laughs> if you don't want to,
1: you absolutely don't have to, and we can just
0: sing your song to you <laughs> <laughs> um
2: i'm happy to play it let's um you know f- forgive me for the zoom quality of the recording sure
1: um, but Oh, i feel really sad yeah. that we don't have the platform where we can type comments Well, whilst... oh, oh no we do we do it's Wait, called chat yeah. we've got chat right there yes yeah
0: write your comments you, in the chat you, make you, me feel good later you, you, chat comments heather i'll read them in a computer voice out loud (laughs) so for the benefit of this audio platform that we're we're
1: engaged in right now please don't do that um we had to test alex's voice earlier um and using the technology because we've had to plug this microphone into the computer which it turns out was an incredibly complex exercise (laughs) and so we tested the microphone and then she played it back and i was like oh yeah that sounds fine. And she was like, it sounds like I've swallowed helium. And I was like, oh, well, I didn't want to say anything. I just thought that maybe that's sort of what your voice sounded like when it was <gasps> played back. But anyway, it doesn't. It sounds very normal. Yeah, I'm relieved. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. um, Yeah, we'd love to hear your song. And I have to say also, I really loved, I listened to it. Is it on SoundCloud or Bandcamp? Where On Bandcamp. Yeah. yeah. And you've got the little cover there. And it was just so many faces of great people who
2: Mm. yeah it was just really lovely screenshots from zoom calls was the yeah yeah, they (laughs) were all really
1: great i recognized a lot of them and it was yeah (laughs) lovely
2: yeah because yeah i wrote this song back in i think it was late march or early april when everything was a bit new and exciting and zoom was new and exciting um to me at least and i think the the first feeling i had when all the restrictions came into place was like i just don't want to be away from my buddies and family for a long time and so the song is all about yeah miss, missing the pals and wanting to be within the same borders as the people that you love
1: <laughs> great ash steel thank you
2: thank you thank Take you away. all right my little lockdown friendship song i want to share a postcode I want to share a joke that only we know, my crew. I don't want social distance from you. And sure, we are scattered across a good couple of states, but nothing is more better. And your best fucking mates are now the Distance isn't forced by The threat of spreading virus Just reiterates how much I want all of you on my iris Cause you are all Made for me That's now sitting in my room I don't want No Social distance from you <laughs> From Coldale to Canberra Alice Springs to cope, no, from Fluxbury to Brunswick, Sydney to Central Coast, I want to hold your hands, want to make collective future plans, but we all live in the same place, screw our jobs, we lost them anyway, cause there's nothing like the threat of world doom. Make me want to be less than 1.5 meters away from you did it even happen if you didn't tell me? Let's camp by the rangers, let's frolic in the sea. I want to go for big group dinners where it's hard to split the cost. I want to sit with you on Spencer Hill when I am feeling lost. Is at the end of the world, just a few things seem true. I don't want no. Social distance from you. Woohoo. Yay.
0: Hi! Um, thanks, Ash. Thanks, Ash. Um, Thank you. Biggest Ash, Ash, Ash Steel um, fan. I'm actually trying to read what Heather wrote and I, I can't see it. <laughs> you
1: get Ash Steel oh, on your notebook. and her mum. <laughs> oh, I mean, hey. that's strong. I that's did try awesome. to type that into the chat box, but Alex wouldn't let me.
0: Well, I suddenly realised how noisy it was when we <laughs> started doing it.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> My apologies. You read it you everybody
0: um yeah. ash thank you well look this yeah. has been apocalypse live i've been alex and heather and the date today we didn't even
2: say the date yet oh what is it oh. the 30th of the 30th august. August. august yeah
1: 2020 oh, just keep time on going. is
2: time soup that's what they call it here yeah. oh time soup i like yeah. that the time soup yeah who knows what day it is <laughs> until next time this has been apocalypse live